Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Heart to Heart. I'm your host, Emma Buggy. I'm a relationship coach and I'm so passionate about bridging the gap between people and supporting us humans to understand ourselves and the world that we live in, the relationships that we have from a place of depth, curiosity and connecting with life. In today's episode, I am so excited to be talking to my dear friend, Tanya Valiser. She is a fellow NVC trainer, nonviolent communication, or for those of you who are less familiar with it, I also call it compassionate and authentic communication. And Tanya is the co-founder of Empathy City Zurich, which is a movement more like in um, Switzerland, which aims to bring empathy and the skills of compassionate, authentic, nonviolent communication to Switzerland. And hopefully, let's see, maybe it will branch out to the rest of the world. I'm such a huge fan of the way that Tanya thinks and expresses herself. We have been on this journey of learning and teaching together for the last few years. And so it is with great pride and gratitude that I am sharing the space with her today and diving into today's topic together. You can find her contact details at the end of the podcast should you wish to speak to Tanya about any of the topics that were raised today or have a look at her website where there is more information for those of you that are Swiss German or speaking in the German language and interested in joining one of her trainings around nonviolent communication. Today's episode is all about the icky, uncomfortable feeling of guilt. <sighs> yeah, it's a topic that many of us... <laughs> just would love to avoid right now and not deal with because let's face it feeling guilty is not enjoyable and very often that feeling of guilt can get in the way of us being able to truly listen to our partners our friends the people around us in society we have learnt that we should feel guilty when we do something that the other person chooses to be wrong or when we decide to label ourselves as wrong or bad, then we should feel guilty in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to become a better person, a better friend, a better family member. In today's episode, I am sitting with my dear friend Tanya as we explore in depth the repercussions of believing that guilt is going to bring us closer to redemption and we bring a different perspective. We get curious about the beauty of feeling guilty and what we can learn from that emotion but we also get curious about what happens when we move through guilt and connect with our choices and needs that lead us to act in the way that someone is now feeling hurt because of or is now feeling in pain because of. We look at different systems of restorative justice and how 
we can think about justice from a different perspective than punishment and reward. And how actually, when we get the chance to slow down and be available to the person that is feeling hurt because of something that we have said or something that we have done, this can truly be a gift of reconciling, connecting, feeling heard and understood for the person who is in pain in front of us. There's a lot in this episode, so I really welcome you to sit down, have a cup of tea, relax and take it all in, in your own time. And just a heads up, today's episode was recorded with some technical issues, but we so enjoyed the conversation that we decided to publish it anyway. We hope that the changes that we've made make the audio still good enough for you to understand and listen to with ease. And I really think it's worth making the effort because... I just found this conversation so inspiring, so touching, and I imagine that you will too. Hope you enjoy and forgive the slightly less than perfect audio in certain areas. Okay, so I've just made myself a nice cup of soothing chamomile tea (laughs) so that I can sit down here and talk to you, my dear friend Tanya, about guilt. (laughs) <laughs> both of our both of our bodies had a reaction what happened for you when yeah. I said that word Tanya yeah there's like this heaviness like oof guilt yeah such an unpleasant feeling yeah for you yeah for me I noticed that as soon as I said it like almost my my throat closed up and I kind of moved backwards and my chest was like tight it's wow it's powerful 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 what guilt can do (laughs) to my body (laughs) yeah yeah and it just makes me think of all the times in life that I I acted or I chose not to do something because of the guilt that I was experiencing, that the guilt was eating me so much that I chose not to bring myself fully into conversation, into life, not to share something that was important or the opposite, that I would act because I think I should, I must, I have to, because I am guilty, I'm wrong, I shouldn't have done X, Y, Z. Yeah. I wonder if you can resonate with that. (laughs) Absolutely. I was just (laughs) realizing in this moment that guilt plays a role in a situation in my life right now where I didn't realize it until I just listened to you. (laughs) And yeah, like for me, that's one thing that I find really tricky about guilt is that it's such a big topic for me in my life. And it has been so present in friendships and relationships, like romantic relationships. 
And one thing that I find so tricky about it is that sometimes when I look back, it's so clear to me that I felt guilty, but I didn't realize it in the moment. I was acting out of guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it can be such a sneaky uh, reaction, a sneaky emotion, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I noticed, especially during one phase in my life uh, with a partner, I just, we had this conflict, like this ongoing conflict, and I just kind of closed off. Like in many conversations, I would just go very quiet. And like now realizing that this is because I felt guilty and I didn't know how to navigate the conversation I just couldn't take in what he was sharing and I didn't know how to speak about my own experience so it just like made my system freeze yeah yeah like your system freezes shuts off from from expression from life because you feel somehow wrong or that your your experience shouldn't be or doesn't matter because you are in the wrong that's where the tragedy for me comes in with guilt that I think somehow we get this kind of mixed message about guilt culturally that somehow yeah it's not it's not a nice thing it's not we also learn to avoid unpleasant feelings I think which includes guilt but at the same time we learn that feeling guilty when you did something wrong is appropriate and like we tell kids to say sorry and it's very much ingrained, I think, mm-hmm. that I certainly have this belief in me that it's good to feel guilty. But my experience, like especially in this partnership, was so tragic because when I feel guilty, when I felt guilty in conversations, I didn't have the space actually listen to the pain that the other person was expressing because I'm full and I tend to like I want to justify myself or I'm like yeah I'm I'm a terrible person but I'm not actually able to move my attention towards the pain that the other person is actually trying to express and that's where I'm like oh this is so tragic and I'm sure you have more to say about that. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> yes, I definitely do. I, I firstly, I'm like nodding my head like, hell yes. Oh, my God. All of what you just said. Um, like It's such a tragedy that when I'm feeling guilty, the presence that you get from me is not real presence. You're not getting that presence of that. You're not getting that actual remorse, which I think can be healthy. That sort of, or at least I enjoy when I feel remorse in my body, which is very different from guilt. Remorse for me is that sense of like, oh, I recognize the impact of my actions. I recognize that something I said or did has an impact on you and that impact is really unpleasant for you 
And I feel a sadness, a remorse in me around the choice that I made, which now has this impact on you. And somehow there is a sense of learning and yearning for um, connection and closeness and taking responsibility in that, which is not present at all for me when I'm feeling guilty. There is no space for that remorse when I'm feeling guilty because I'm so busy with, oh shit, I'm wrong. I'm, I, I, you know, and it's, it's, it's almost like I need attention. I need empathy when I'm feeling guilty because I'm so much in the, the story of I've done something wrong. Uh, I shouldn't be the way that I am that I, I don't have space to really empathize with your experience and your pain. Does that resonate for you? Absolutely. And it just brings me to why this is so relevant in like relationships and friendships. But for me, it's also so relevant on a societal level. Mm -hmm. Because I think right now, what I see a lot is that, like for example, for example, in conversations, about race or gender, there is no space to acknowledge the pain that is being expressed. And like, I so wish for us collectively to to have this practice of can I like how can I create space in myself to turn towards the impact rather than, like, um, one of my favorite teachers, Mickey Koshdown, says, we all want to be seen in our innocence. Yeah, we do. Someone expresses their pain. Like, can I, can I create conditions in myself that allow me to first address that pain? And, like, yeah, have this part in myself, caress this part of myself that is like, yes, I want to be seen as, like, innocent and beautiful as well but can i kind of park this park for a while i'm i'm so excited about this like i'm really inspired i don't know how to do it mm. i'm listening i'm curious about it i manage sometimes um but this is why this topic of guilt and like also shame comes in there is so yeah that's that's a whole other topic maybe you can share what's what's the life for you now I didn't hear the last sentence that you said it cut off, Tanya. What was the topic? I just didn't hear the sentence. Uh, it's so relevant also in raising a child. Mm. Yeah. How do I, how do I uh, teach him about guilt and shame? Yeah, and, and then when you said, so what's alive in me, it's actually quite uh, serendipitous that what's alive in me is the topic of guilt um, used in the system of punishment and reward in schools, you know, um, yeah. because guilt, guilting and um, guilt tripping and shaming children into doing what we want them to do is inherent in the system of punishment and reward. So I will punish you unless you do the right thing. 
and you will realize that you have done something wrong and you should feel guilty and ashamed. I'm going to take your name off the starboard or I'm going to put you on the warning system. And then I'm going to give you a detention to show you how wrong you are and you should feel guilty and ashamed. And then you must apologize for your terrible behavior. I mean, it. I feel angry and I feel so sad that this is the culture that we bring up our young, innocent children into this world. It is no wonder. It's no wonder that we are bringing that into the way that we relate with our partners, with our parents, that our parents relate with us. Um, Just a side note here after recording this, I also want to give recognition to how much these older systems of punishment and reward in schools is changing all over the globe. There are countries where that is very much still in place, but we have the privilege to see those changes happening right now in the UK, where restorative justice and nonviolent communication is really at the centre of how teachers are approaching children in moments of conflict or in moments when they are struggling at school. Um, so I just thought it was important to say that although that has been the system that we have grown up from, there is hope because those systems are definitely changing. It's starting from day one. It's really like, and then, and also, you know, like when you look at politics, the way that we look at politicians, we shame them into feeling guilty for making the wrong choices and they are wrong and they are terrible and they should. All of this language of should, should, should creates a culture of guilt and shame through which we then respond to. So it's no wonder that we need to learn how to um, create that spaciousness in order to actually hear those that are in pain from our actions. And I really resonate with you on that one. It's like it lives in me as a deep sadness, a deep sadness that people who are suffering because of our actions, our choices in the West are not really being heard because those of us who are making those choices are hearing that wish for empathy, that wish for understanding as a finger pointing towards them, like a teacher saying, you made the wrong choice and you're a bad Westerner. And it's like how I I really do believe that there is a way for us to actually park that part of us that wants to be seen beautiful innocent and also it's it's also what comes to me is like I want you to see my beautiful intentions I want you to recognize my beautiful intentions and what's been very powerful for me and and life-changing in my relationships and definitely not something that I I have access to (laughs) every time (laughs) definitely not (laughs) definitely not I'm still (laughs) really practicing and learning this myself but it has been very powerful when I have in those moments been able to to somehow recognize the reactive part of me that's going but but that's not what I meant and I'm not a bad person and I I love everyone and ah and (laughs) 
us to somehow somehow gently caress that childlike version of me that wanted to be seen at school and at home and in all those places where her beautiful intentions were not recognized. And for me to parent her and say, I see your beautiful intentions. I know the the person that you are and and that goodwill, that giving, that loving that's really the energy that you're moving from. I see that. And so if I see that, then then I can then I have space. Suddenly this heaviness of guilt lifts from me because that part yeah. of me is no longer urgently grasping like a child. Ah, don't put me in the naughty corner. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about this before this call about guilt that like how NBC was so helpful for the both of us to to have that experience. I mean I remember many times where I did go into things that happened in the past, like many years ago and I still feel so guilty about them and to suddenly really listen to the part that actually made that choice I felt guilty about and connect to that I was actually trying to meet very beautiful needs mm. with like a very tragic strategy. Wow. I mean, this experience for me, I will never forget that. To, to be able to experience some yeah, more inner peace, I would say. It's so, yeah, it's continuously life-changing for me or just yeah, bringing so much more peace. And again, like noticing, wow, actually the fact that I start to see beautiful what I did creates much more space to turn towards the pain that I, that I um, created for the other person. Mm. And I, I want to also draw it back to um, the kids. <laughs> and I want to share one situation that I saw recently when I took a walk and there's this kindergarten and I saw how one child hit another and like the teacher ran to them and she was like talking to this kid and said, say sorry. And like in a really firm voice, like really loud also, say sorry. And then the child said, I'm sorry. And then the situation was over and they moved on. And I was like, I, I literally started crying because I found it so tragic to see like they're both not attended to in this moment like the child who was hit there was no attention for the pain <laughs> it was just like there is if the person if the other child says sorry the situation is dealt with and that's it and like we do the same with our um, justice system I don't know if that's the right word <laughs> but yeah like like you said before the punishment um, and there is this beautiful thing called restorative justice. People can Google it. There's many beautiful projects around that, um, pretty much all around the globe. But 
yeah, like the strategy that if a crime happens, there is usually, there are people suffering, there is pain that happens to someone. And um, let's, you know, let's say the victims. But then we have this system where you punish uh, the person who is guilty. But we actually, there's no mechanism where we attend to the pain that happened. Mm-hmm. Like victims, very often they don't even get the chance to to tell the person about their pain. They're not even allowed to talk to the person who who is convicted for a crime. And I so also love that, like, and it is very intertwined with NDC, the restorative justice movement, that it's like, yeah, we want to actually <laughs> restore the relationship and give attention to the pain. And that so many victims of crimes are expressing that that's actually what they need. Yeah, but I, t- I took it far here. <laughs> I, I love that you did, Tanya. I feel so, so moved and so appreciative that you did um, take it to this. Although I imagine that maybe some people who are listening may feel triggered or may have questions. And so if you do, I really welcome that you contact us, tell us what's moving in you as you listen. Um, I say that because, you know, this... <sighs> I, I, I think that the system of justice is so um, warped <laughs> in that way that there are, of course, so many opinions around what justice looks like. And so I, I think quite naturally a lot of fear and anger can come up whenever someone is listening to alternative ways because um, there will be a need for protection and care and being seen and understood deeply that comes up quite naturally. So it's very natural if there are people feeling triggered that you would be triggered because that, that, that trigger is caring for those needs of protection and being seen and and really recognizing um, the depth of pain and suffering that someone might be experiencing. And so the wish might be for punishment, for that person to feel, for that person who has, who let's say the, the doer or what we might call the perpetrator, there might be a wish for that person to feel guilty, to feel, um, to be incarcerated so that they get the weight of of the impact, truly. Um, so I understand how that can be a reaction if anyone listening is having that reaction. And it's very natural that you would react in that way. I, I don't even want to say what's natural. I don't want to use that word. It's almost like I want to say it's it's welcome, like, because... Yeah, like I said before, we're caring when when we react as a trigger, we're caring for needs that are so important to us. And so then it's not to make um, that strategy of punishment wrong. It's simply, I think when I hear you speaking, it's like, I I believe or in my experience, I'll speak from myself, in my experience, when there is a restorative system of justice, the, the victim and the perpetrator get to at some point move forward from this pain 
It doesn't mean that the pain won't come up again and again, the loss or any of that, that that won't be there. But but the injustice gets to be moved through and learned from and connection and growth comes from that experience. Um, and I think two things come up for me. Firstly, I love that you brought this up. I, I actually was a few years back looking into training in restorative justice and, and going down that as a career path because I, I felt so moved by this movement. Um, but secondly, um, I wanted to give an example for those that are like thinking, how could we um, look at this in terms of relationships? So. I I have been on the receiving end of an ex-partner where there were certain actions in that relationship that were so, 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 so painful for me. And that for many years, we, we, we chose not to attend to the pain that was there. Um, my perception of that situation is that, that my ex-partner was feeling a lot of guilt and and i was i was really in a very judgmental place towards him as well you know i was very much coming from this you did something wrong perspective so that definitely doesn't help the guilt um from being there um so that kind of like concoction of me pointing the finger and him feeling guilty continuously meant that my i just perpetually felt like my pain was not actually being recognized ever and so it stagnated and it festered and it grew into a very deep, pussy um, wound. What do you call it when a wound is, um, you know, like with the yellow stuff? I've forgotten the word. It's like infected, infected with this, with this guilt and this shame and judgment that was there. And sadly, it led to us breaking up. Um, amongst other things, but that was the main thing from my from from my side. The celebration I have an experience that I want to share to bring some kind of um, experience of being the person that you might put in the role of victim, receiving that sense of um, restorative justice, was that once we did this work of having a healing dialogue. Um, and and my ex-partner did that work within himself of looking at himself beautifully, recognizing the needs behind his actions, understanding himself. We were able to have the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful experience of connection. And it was just so, 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 so powerful for me to be finally recognized received held and heard without him needing to say that he did something wrong i didn't need that from him all i needed was recognition of the impact of his actions and it was unbelievable how powerful that was for my healing process it was just so like my whole system was dying for that for years. And it, it, it's, it has meant that we are best friends now because I totally can trust him again. 
And of course, I did the same back because I was not blameless, although I don't like to use that word blame because it implies something wrong. But I also did many things that had an impact on him. And we had this ceremony almost of holding space for each other in all of the moments from the past where each of us have done something that has had an, a horrific impact, a painful impact on the other person and saying, you know, I, I see you now in that moment and I see what my actions did and how that felt for you. And I feel sa sorry right now and I'm holding you now in that. It was, I just wish for every couple out there to have that experience within the relationship. And if not within, then at the end of the relationship, because it, I feel so privileged to have had that experience. And so grateful. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's such a powerful story that you're sharing. And it brings back a memory, I think, when I hear you share it. The way my body reacts is like, oh, I remember a moment where I felt similar to what you're describing. And I think because you said it, you, you wish for people to experience that in a partnership. And I so also wish for people to experience this more in their families. Because I had something similar with my dad a few years ago. And I have a very complicated relationship to my dad. And um, yeah, he wasn't around when I was a child. And I always wanted his attention and his love. And yeah, I didn't get it. And, and then a few years ago, we had conversation about it and like for the first time I was really sharing and how it was for me and like wanting to also really hear from him like I, it was a moment in my life where I did a lot of work already around that and I was at the point where I got curious how it was for him and he shared a sentence with me that when I share it with people, they are often like, oh my God, that's so terrible. But yeah, you will, you will understand why I'm so grateful that he said it. He said, yeah, when you were born, I actually, I didn't really, I didn't want to have kids. I didn't want to. And for me, it was such a relief to hear that. It's like, Finally, my experience is acknowledged. And, like, that's, that's the thing that guilt prevents us. It, it stops us from having that experience. Like, if the other person is not acknowledging the reality that happened, that there was pain happening, um, yeah, then we cannot have this experience of I am met in my reality. And for me, it was so, yeah, finally, wow, I was not crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my story. And, and I could tell, like, he was really mourning. And that for me is, is as you said, it's kind of the, I don't want to say antidote, but I don't know the 
a better word, like to guilt, it's like I can mourn what I did. And he was also able to say, like, if I could go back in time, I I so wish I could do it differently. And if I see my friends how they did it, I so wish that I would have been there for you differently. So yeah, that's such a gift to have this experience when someone can mourn their actions and not be like stuck in their guilt. Yeah, yeah. So is it like it was so powerful, you powerful for you in that moment, just to hear that he's almost saying, "I wish I had the skills, the tools, the 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 something in that moment to have made a different choice that would have been more life serving for you." And, and, uh, yeah, that like, I, not, not to hear this, I was a bad dad, oh my goodness, da, 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 which would then take the attention away from your pain. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then it's like, what do you end up doing? You would need to start taking care of his guilt and his pain instead yeah. of you having the attention of that was painful and here's the recognition of it. Exactly. Mm. So much, Tanya, for sharing that. That was really powerful. And I imagine other people listening will resonate in their own version, their own story, you know, to, to what you just shared there about your experience with your father. And um, yeah. I want to I wanna bring up one more, um, one more thing around guilt. Um, that we haven't mentioned so far, if you're open, unless mm-hmm. there was something else you wanted to say around that first. No, please, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I think also the flip side, the, the other thing that we can do when we are feeling guilty is that we then, at least for myself, I noticed that I very, very often in the past would make decisions to please the other out of guilt, which is very dangerous. <laughs> Because the more I do that, the less I love you. I start to lose love for you each time that I do something just to make you happy because I feel guilty. Because I have this story that I am a bad daughter or a bad friend or a bad um, facilitator or whatever label I'm or role that I am playing in that moment. When I imagine that I am bad and my choices are wrong and therefore I should do something to make you feel better and to make you happy and to make and to keep your love then i start to lose my love for you a little and i can remember many moments it feels kind of almost i don't want to to name specific situations but i do remember within certain friendships moments um i've got one that's coming to my mind very strongly right now where i have said yes to to meeting with a friend or to um, engaging in conversation with a friend because I already hold this story that I haven't been a good friend to you um, for such and such reason, you know. Maybe I haven't um, been having enough conversations with you or we haven't spoken for six months. And so I find myself engaging in a conversation with this idea that I should do that in order to prove my worth as your friend 
in order to prove my 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 care towards you and because I shouldn't have done the thing that I did such as you know not being in contact for six months or whatever it is so I'm acting out of guilt and and as I'm having that conversation somewhere hidden within me there's a little part of me that's like fuck you I don't like you (laughs) it's so tragic it's so tragic and I have I know that I've done that so many times in the past and I'm still learning how to undo that now. <laughs> yeah. I this is so important. <laughs> and like the question that comes up with me that I ask myself a lot also when I teach, like how is this relevant? Um on also on a societal level and I think much of it comes from we have all these rules that we take on and they come with these I should um, thoughts. Like if if I if I take on the role of mother then I have to be a good mother and it comes with all kinds of ex- expectations towards myself. Um and like same for a partner, daughter, whatever. Um, all these all these roles come with with these beliefs of how we should be and what we should do and what we shouldn't do, and that can create a lot of guilt. And then we act out of, like you said, like wanting to to please and thinking that we we need to fulfill this this role. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's like if I don't fulfill the role, I will be rejected, I will be shunned, I will be judged, I will not be a part of the group anymore. I will not be welcomed as I as 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 me. So I must fulfill the role within the within the expectations. Yeah, and then when you say that I'm also inspired to talk about because now we are kind of we are very critical about guilt and I also always like to wonder like yeah why do we have guilt mm. and I think of as guilt and shame the function that they that they try to have I think. It is around like belonging and be part of the group, like like the thing to say, learn to say sorry. <clears throat> it's part of this is how we function as a society, and we try to make people fit in there. Yeah. So how I hear it is that like you know the function of guilt, really the beauty behind this these uncomfortable emotions of guilt and shame are to support us to be more a part of the society, to belong and to care for one another. And so in the action of saying sorry, there is some kind of, um, you know, moving towards the other person and moving towards the group and learning how to stay connected within the group. Like this is the intention behind 
the, the, the feeling that might lead us to tragic choices in, in a way. Yeah. yeah. I have one. I, I, I'd like to finish on a story, actually. Um, so I, I can park that and I'd like to know if there's anything else you'd like to say um, about this function of guilt before I go to a story which is um, kind of like an inspiring story about how this tribe in South Africa um, deal with uh, or, or approach um, restorative justice in their own way. No, please share. <laughs> I think you probably know about it. It's it's the 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 Baremba Soul Song. So there is this tribe, there is a tribe in South Africa called the Baremba tribe. And when a woman becomes pregnant, she and her sisters or her friends will walk into the forest and they walk regularly throughout her pregnancy in order to search for the soul song of that baby, of that fetus as it is growing. So they sing, they make sounds until they find their own, they find the, the soul song of that baby. And that song is sung to the child as it is born. It is sung on celebratory occasions throughout that child's life, their birthdays, um, events throughout their life, and also when they die on their deathbed. But this soul song is supposed to represent like who they are, the essence of who that of who, who that human is. And so when somebody acts in a way that creates pain within the tribe, the whole tribe begins to sing that song to that person, one after another, whoever is there sings loudly their soul song back to them and I feel like crying as I say this because the intention is to remind that person of who they are of their essence of their humanity and they sing and they sing and they sing I just find that so touching so 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 touching that this is how justice <laughs> that word justice doesn't even fit in here because it is almost like we don't see the wrongness in you in you we see the human in you we see your soul we see your essence and we're reminding you of that as you right now in this moment have done something that causes pain i'd love to know how that lands for you that story I remember you sharing it with me before. It's it's so touching, and it's just it's it brings up this huge warning in me, like how yeah the fault that I have is we are so stripped as a culture of this wisdom. Like this deep warming that we lost 
these ways of of reminding each other of our lessons and like yeah, what I see as wise ways of dealing with pain and guilt and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as you say that, I also have hope, <laughs> even though it feels like so small amongst all of the, like how much the opposite is happening in the world that we that we inhabit the Western culture. And and yet I I have hope. I have this this you know seed that has already blossomed into a into a sapling and maybe even has you know like some leaves growing on it i don't even know if i use the right terminology there but <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's um i do have hope i do have hope that things are changing um i wonder if you resonate with that that we are we are somehow finding a new way that maybe isn't going back to those wise um roots that we all come from but is somehow like reminding us of of that intelligence within us. Yeah, it, it does resonate. Um, it reminds me of something that I just heard recently. I don't know who said it um, in a podcast, um, and and it was like I the, the person said. Anything you experience, there's very likely someone else having the same experience as you are having, and very likely someone in your lineage had the same experience. So I think what gives me hope is that when I feel this morning and this longing, when I hear this story, I know. I am not the only one, and and that's what gives me hope. Mm-hmm. Like that, I am not the only one who carries this longing in her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that <laughs> I'm smiling now because I really appreciate the way you said that. I'm not the only one. You're not the only one, and I imagine that there's so many people out there listening right now and feeling touched by that longing themselves ah so yeah we come to the end of the episode and i just want to say i feel so inspired and so grateful to you tanya for connecting with me around this topic that i i feel so touched by in this moment like both with the sadness and the mourning of how how much it secretly um, affects every inch of our culture <laughs> and and yet the hope that that things are changing and that with this mourning and this sadness that change is possible and that we are living that change through exploring NVC um, through having this conversation. I wonder how you're feeling at the end of the of the chat. 
Yeah, I really appreciate that you shared this story. It kind of brought me in touch with something so deep, so profound. And yeah, one thing that comes up for me that I want to speak to in this moment when when I mention it's like the last words <laughs> about it is that what I love about NBC so much is that I can meet myself right where I am and I want to say it because we are so used to think that like I think I'm a bit worried that one thing that people can take away is like oh so guilt is bad mm. and yeah, for me, I love NVC so much for I can meet myself where I am and if I feel guilty, I feel guilty <laughs> and I want to meet that with so much tenderness and or not just even just meet it like, mm-hmm. yeah, that is what is what's alive in me right now and, and from there I meet the life that is in me mm-hmm. and I somehow wanted to add that Yeah, I so appreciate that you added that I think I I would have forgotten to mention it because I I so trust in the intelligence of the body and every emotion, every single emotion that we feel is is for me a beautiful signal towards the needs that are wanting to be seen. So if I somehow try to shut out any feeling of guilt or shame by saying I shouldn't be feeling those feelings, <laughs> then I miss out on the beautiful message that that feeling is pointing me towards. And and I don't even need to see that message in order for that feeling to have its place and its um and for its experience to just simply be there. Because yeah. even without the message, our feelings are there. It's our natural body response to life. And I would yeah, I really, really, really feel so strongly that like being with life is is what helps me to be more alive, <laughs> to feel more connected to life, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dear Tanya, thank you so much, my dear, for joining me to talk about this. Um, yet again, this is a this is another podcast episode that we've tried to um, record <laughs> via the computer whilst Tanya is away in Italy and my internet hasn't been working so I'm really appreciating that we've managed to make it work and speak to you on the phone and record it somehow um, I Yay. imagine yeah I, I'm really happy that we made it happen thank you so much for inviting me it was, yeah I really enjoyed it I want to do it again. Let's do it again. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to get in contact with Sonia or read more about Empathistat Zurich, you can have a look at the podcast notes where there's a link directly to their website. And if you would also like to contact me to talk more about the relationship coaching and nonviolent communication trainings that I offer, you can check out my website www.empathart.com. Click the follow button for the next episodes that will be coming up soon. Thanks for listening.